Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Season 1, Episode 1. Today's title is Brock's Blathering. From Common Sense 2008 speech to a disastrous 2014 letter, how Obama's progression into Marxist ideology led our schools into the racist abyss. Hey, welcome to the Edge Babble Emporium, where we illuminate issues in modern public education with a common sense perspective, while offering suggestions of how to make things better for our students. My name is Tom O'Brien. I'm a 30-year public school teacher and believe that speaking truth during this time of moral crisis is imperative. Welcome to the show and enjoy. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, an unlikely person that I'm about to uh, put on here and we're going to listen to is Barack Obama, uh, someone that I feel has done a tremendous disservice to public education over the years and is one of the instrumental figures in getting us into the crisis that we're in today. Schools are divided. Um, teachers don't feel supported and test scores are dropping. And overall, the schools are not the united front that they once were. And our educational system is not the beacon on a hill that it once was. And I think Barack Obama bears a large responsibility for that. So we're going to start out by listening to a speech. The speech was from Father's Day in 2008, June 15th, before he was elected president. And I want you to listen to the speech, and we're going to reflect on it afterwards. So give it a listen. On the family. The family is that most important foundation. And we are called to recognize and honor how critical every father is to that foundation. They are teachers and coaches, they're mentors and they're role models. They are examples of success and the men who constantly push us towards success. But if we're honest with ourselves, we'll admit that too many fathers are also missing. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. Missing from too many lives and too many homes. They've abandoned their responsibilities. They're acting like boys instead of men. And the foundations of our family have suffered because of it. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know that more than half of all black children live in single parent households. Half, a number that's doubled since we were children. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school, 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They're more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teen parents because the father wasn't in the home. The foundations of our community and our country are weaker because of this. All right. So a lot of wisdom in that short two minutes. He talked about the fact that fathers need to be responsible. They need to be men. They need to step up and take care of the kids that they have fathered. And as a reminder, he mentions that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty. 
and commit crime, nine times more likely to drop out of schools, and 20 times more likely to end up in prison. They are more likely to have behavioral problems or run away from home or become teenage parents themselves. And this part here, the foundations of our community are weaker because of it. Folks, that's a lot of rock solid truth. I mean, essentially what Barack Obama just said there is that the issues that are facing, the crisis that is facing the black community there's a lot of reflection that needs to take place. And a lot of it has to do with broken families and the fact that fathers are not present. And that has a tremendous impact, tremendous impact on the future of these kids that grow up, like he said, without that foundation. When the foundation is not present, the kids don't have anything to stand on. So what's really ironic about that is what we're going to talk about next is something called the infamous Dear Colleague Letter. And this letter was um, championed by Barack Obama and the Department of Education and the Department of Justice uh, worked together to compose a letter that was sent to all the public schools. In 2014, this letter was sent to all schools, and I'm gonna read you a little bit of it, and then we're gonna discuss the tremendous change that occurred over the few years during Obama's presidency and how his message went right at the beginning before he was elected to one of personal accountability, forming the foundation for children to stand on so they could be successful adults someday, to one of blame, to one of victimhood, to one of painting schools as the oppressor and minority students as the oppressed. One perspective, very healthy, very productive discussion and all about personal responsibility. The other one, totally perpetuating a victim culture. So I'm gonna read you some of this Dear Colleague letter and we'll discuss it as we go, okay? So this is from January 8th, 2014. And keep in mind, this letter has a lasting impact. A lot of the things you're going to hear in this letter are still being implemented in our schools today. When Trump was elected, he took this dear colleague letter and said, nope, we're not following it anymore. The problem with that is that schools already were pretty deeply immersed in the ideology of this letter. And because many of these schools are controlled by far left leaders, um, not a lot changed. And once Biden was elected, well, um, everything has been on, put on hyperspeed and um, this letter and, the, and the, the information within it are being really pushed upon our schools. So let me read some of it to you. Dear colleague, the U.S. Department of Education and the U.S. Department of Justice are issuing this guidance to assist public elementary and secondary schools in meeting their obligations under federal law to administer student discipline without discriminating on the basis of race, color, or national origin. The departments recognize the commitment and effort of educators across the United States to provide their students with an excellent education. The departments believe that guidance on how to identify, avoid, and remedy discriminatory discipline will assist schools in providing all students with equal 
educational opportunities. The increasing use of disciplinary sanctions, such as in-school and out-of-school suspensions, expulsions, or referrals to law enforcement, creates the potential for significant negative educational and long-term outcomes and can contribute to what has been termed the school-to-prison pipeline. Yeah, that's right. The school-to-prison pipeline, you've heard it. The NEA uses that terminology as well. And isn't that just so sweet that the organization, the NEA, that's supposed to be such an advocate for public education and teachers calls our organization the school-to-prison pipeline. How wonderful. Let me continue with the letter. Additionally, fair and equitable discipline policies are an important component of creating an environment where all students feel safe and welcome. Safe and welcome. Um, that terminology has been replicated hundreds of times in the last few years. Where did most of that terminology originate from this letter? Let me continue. The departments initiate investigations of student discipline policies and practices at particular schools based on complaints that the departments receive from students, parents, community members, and others about possible racial discrimination in student discipline. The departments also may initiate investigations based on public reports of racial disparities in student discipline combined with other information or as part of the regular compliance monitoring activities. Okay, so let me pause there. Emphasis on investigations. Why investigations? Because of reports they may have received from students, parents, community members, and others. And they also initi initiate these investigations based on quote-unquote public reports. What does that even mean? So bottom line is these are, these are threats of investigation. So let me continue. As part of this commitment, we will enforce federal laws to eliminate unlawful racial discrimination in school discipline. In addition to investigating complaints that have been filed, both departments are collaboratively and proactively initiating compliance reviews nationwide focused on student discipline. Finally, the departments will continue to provide technical assistance to schools on the adoption and administration of discipline policies consistent with their obligations under the federal civil rights law. Now, basically what they're saying is if you don't comply and you don't document, you will be punished. And I can speak from experience that districts that I know of have been investigated and they have had to pay tens of thousands, sometimes upwards of $100,000 hiring staff and basically paying fines is really what it amounts to because they punished minority students disproportionately to white students. So in other words, we're no longer looking at students as individuals and looking at individual behaviors. No, now we're looking at things from a race perspective. We're putting the filter of race before our eyes and looking at everything from that, including discipline. So what does that cause schools to do? I'll tell you what it causes schools to do. It causes schools to change the way they do business. It influences response the, the response that a teacher will have for a particular student as to whether or not they should be disciplined, not based on their behavior, because even if they did something wrong, that teacher may very well not punish that student so as to not violate this disproportionality edict 
from the Obama administration. It's scary stuff, folks. And um, it very heavily influences what's going on in our schools. So, you know, we need to question, are schools really failing our students? Or is it the lack of expectations for personal responsibility, respect, and accountability in our culture and in our schools and in our families? You know, when Barack Obama at the beginning talked about personal responsibility, talked about fathers being present in the home and being responsible, being men, standing up and raising their kids and forming this foundation that the kids can stand on so they can have a future, a positive future. You know, that's something we need to ask ourselves. Schools are being blamed right now. You know, not just schools, but law enforcement. You can, the list goes on. When is that personal responsibility component going to come back to the forefront? Not just for the African-American communities, but really for all communities. Because we have a crisis of monumental proportions around our country. And you can see it happening. Uh, so many broken families. Um, you know, we have the highest suicide rate in history. Um, crime rates are off the charts. Murder rates are off the charts. Um, school achievement has dropped significantly in the last couple of years. So, yeah, we have a problem. And, you know, the gap of, of brokenness can be traversed. But, you know, the challenge is gargantuan. A quality education is one of the keys to help resolve this societal issue through sound, common sense, disciplinary practices and holding students to high academic and behavioral expectations. However, blaming the educational system for systemic societal problems and poor choices of individuals is not going to help schools to be successful. It's not going to help students to be successful. It's giving them that victim mentality that is actually toxic. Already, teachers are asked to counsel, discipline, manage unruly and disrespectful students, meet the needs of all learners, pacify discontent parents, all while providing a highly challenging academic environment to the students that come to school for the right reasons, to learn and succeed. And then we have the union and the political party that proclaims to be the champions of public education, calling the schools the school-to-prison pipeline. This is hilarious in a sick way. So with friends like that, who needs enemies? So here's what I ask you to do, parents. I ask you to stay informed, keep in touch with your school, the teachers, the administrators, know what's going on in the schools, but do not accept the victim mentality that's based on a falsehood of white privilege culture, systemic racism, implicit bias, all of these things that really create um, just a, a mentality of oppressor and oppressed. The oppressor is the school, the staff, and the teachers, and the oppressed are the students. That's a really unhealthy way to view things. So we need to get back to common sense. We need to bring things back. And thank you for listening today to the Edubabble Emporium. And we will continue with these episodes. Have a wonderful evening and thanks for stopping by.